0: Episode 125 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Caswell Massey, America's oldest and original apothecary and perfumery since 1752. And here's a fun fact, too. If you were at New York Comic Con, like Blake and I were, and I know many of you were, and you visited Fraser's Ridge, you already know Caswell Massey. They actually made limited edition Outlander bottles as a giveaway, and you were able to pick one of three items a sandalwood fragrance, a rose flora water, or the number Six fragrance and it really brought such an amazing authenticity to Fraser's Ridge experience. So if you want to learn more about them and for 20% off your order visit CaswellMassey.com slash discount slash OutlanderCast or you could use the code OutlanderCast at checkout.
1: Don't you see how small a thing death is between us?
0: Well, after you left me after Claudine, I was dead,
2: and all that time I loved you. I loved you too. I never stopped. When my body dies, my soul will still be yours.
1: Nothing is lost, Sasae. Only changed.
0: All the way from Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Guess what? You have just finished recently the season four premiere, and we are so excited to talk about it with you. My name, in case you don't know me, is Mary Larson.
1: My name's Blake, and you know I got a glass of wine in hand. I'm sitting across the way from my gorgeous bride. Aww. I just watched some Outlander, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself.
0: <laughs> I think I'm... many of us are. Droughtlander is officially over. That Droughtlander was long,
1: Man, it and was it long.
0: was hard, and it is done, and what a way... To burst that Droughtlander bubble <laughs> than with this power packed episode. You know, the funny thing
1: is, you know, we, we think that this, outla- the, this Droughtlander was really long. Yeah. And it was. But it wasn't as long as the previous Droughtlander. Which
0: blows my mind. Think of that.
1: Think, think of, like, how terrible you felt this entire time. And, like,. That and a half <laughs> mm-hmm. for the previous droughtlander, which which is which is pretty mind-blowing as a matter of fact,
0: well, we're here. Droughtlander's over. Season four is here. But before we get into the rest of the show, we want to make sure that you are following us and subscribed properly to the prog podcast
1: the podcast. Listen to that. You've been drinking? No.
0: <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube all with the title Outlander Cast and we would love for you to become an official member of the Outlander Cast Clan at outlandercastclan.com. Now that is where you can get all the great benefits and extras of the season like an extra off-air After Dark podcast episodes, access to special Outlander Cast giveaways which you'll hear more about at the end of this episode, free swag and much much more. Blake, break it on down for me. Let's get into the show. Give me all the details. I'm getting, I'm
1: getting goosebumps. I know. And we're back, baby. All the goosies. Uh, all all the, the goosies. Goosies, every, goosies for everybody. <laughs> I can't believe I'm so excited. Okay, the episode title was America the Beautiful. Love it. Which, after now, we can all talk about because if you listened to our previous episode about New York Comic Con, we had to be very hush-hush about the bold choices that were made uh, in this episode and you can see why this was entitled America the Beautiful. The writers were Matt B. Roberts and Tony Graffia who are basically as we learned from Lynette Rice in in our last episode are essentially the day-to-day showrunners for Outlander now. Which we'll get into this a little bit more a little bit later on. Uh, Not the
0: official but the day-to-day. They're
1: the day-to-day showrunners. Ron Moore still technically holds the title of showrunner for Outlander. It is what it is. But these guys are essentially in charge now. They're, they're making the ship run, right? And the director was Julian Holmes, who is a new director to Outlander. Yeah. Uh, but he has directed tons of stuff okay, dating all the coming. way back to like nineteen like early the early nineties. Uh he He's, lots of English television. He actually directed uh, an episode of the fantastic season three of Daredevil and also an Iron Fist episode from season two and uh, what, that show Strike Back, which was on Cinemax a few years ago. And the DP, as we always like to uh, call out on Outlandicast, was Alistair Walker.
0: Yay! Fantastic. All right, so it's time, of course, for our kilt rating. And if you're new to Outlander Cast, first and foremost, hello. Thank you for tuning in. But second of all, we rate the episodes on a scale of one to five kilts. One being, that was garbage, mm-hmm. and five being- No, you got to abs- say it right. Garbage. Garbage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: five being outstanding. Outstanding, my friends. So this episode gets a straight up 4.9 from me. Oh. Loved it. Loved it. 4.9? Why,
1: why not a five? we'll get to that (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) uh this one's getting a four eight from me okay so uh for those of you who are consistent listeners to to cast and mary and blake you know that i'm a a hot grader and that's on purpose and but it shows how good in this this episode was in my opinion and i think the show has started off on the right foot and, and like when you started the episode it felt like it was plodding along trying to reintroduce everyone back to all of our characters reintroducing us to the world of outlander but when you consider where we were at the end of season 3 and how we begin season 4 i really like this episode because you're essentially just plopped into a story that's already been happening off screen. It reminded mm-hmm. me almost of like Indiana Jones. Nice. Like you yeah. know when you when you first begin an Indiana Jones movie, you're just in the middle of something. Yeah. There's no like explaining. There's no you're just you're there. You learn on the go. And man. Indy's running from the big ball, mm-hmm. right? You're here and you find out that your boy uh, Hayes is getting hanged. And it's gonna happen. It's just there. And and they're already in America, they've already established somewhat of a life. Uh, it's the absolute right choice. Not not getting everybody back up to speed none of that uh, crap. Hi,
0: I'm Claire. and I'm Jamie and I touched a stone and magically a
1: transporter nope, we're just right. in. We're, we're, in, we're there. in it and 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 the funny thing is too is that I think you could watch this episode and you could still pick it up If you you never watched Outlander before- The
0: foreplay scene, Jamie's like, for all you catching up while I am topless, (laughs) here's all you need to know. We were separated, but we're back. (laughs) Okay, so it's time now for the GBGs. The good, the bad, and the great for the episode. My good for this episode was that this was the first season premiere where Jamie and Claire were together for the entire time. Really? Every other time they've been apart.
1: Wow, you're right.
0: I know. So I was just so happy.
1: Oh, that's great. That's one of
0: the reasons I love this book so much is mm-hmm. like they just start off on this adventure together and then I, I I love it. All right. Am I bad? Okay. I'll just, I'm just going to put a couple things in here, guys. Okay. Because I don't want to talk about them anymore. <laughs> My bad could have been the bangs.
1: Oh. It could have
0: been the CGI'd water. Uh-huh. It could have been the trollop at the dinner asking about, you know, Claire's outfit style if it's in style. Trollop.
1: <laughs> the trollop.
0: Okay. We don't need to talk about those, because those all pale in comparison to my real bad. Okay, what's that? Where the bloody hell is Murtaugh?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's off somewhere in in, in servitude of some He's still swimming the Atlantic,
0: (laughs) trying to find Jamie. Where are you, Jamie? Oh my goodness, I hope You really miss Murtaugh in this
1: episode, huh?
0: I I miss him, because you know, I was was dangled with Leslie and Hayes, who, God bless them, I've never been a huge fan of, and I'm like, this is what I get? I get this instead of Murta.
1: I get Hayes swinging around with his eyes popped out. They're of his both head. dead.
0: So now we do need Murta. Okay, we need him. We need him back. The pork, The hanging was wretched, but that's my bad. It's just I am biting my. If I bit my nails anymore like I did when I was a kid, I will be biting them, saying, "When is he coming back?" Because right. I have. I have faith. So mm-hmm. we don't need to talk about those other things that I listed off my bad. We don't need to talk about them. I've addressed them. <laughs>
1: You've said it. I've said y- it. You got the poison off out. my plate. <laughs> but my real
0: bad is Murta not being there. And my great mm-hmm. was Katrina and Sam's acting in this episode, particularly Katrina.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, my word. That last scene, especially. But oh, the two yeah. of them combined, I mean, whether they were having the rumpy pumpies. <laughs> going on
1: all the rumpy all the rumpy don't get me started on that phrase again i'm just gonna lose my mind if
0: they were just being the two of them and conversing i mean they like nerded out i mean claire like straight up waved her nerd flag in foreplay (laughs) (laughs) and yet what was it thermodynamics yeah
1: you you know you're in a solid marriage when
0: and she's like thermodynamics and that just like did all the things for for uh for Jamie but just the these two actors I mean I have missed them greatly I've enjoyed seeing them on promos I've enjoyed seeing them you know at all of these different events that they're doing and it's just they have they are doing a dang good job with these beloved characters so all right. the props all the greats for Sam and Kat. how about you what's your GBG
1: All right so my good uh is Definitely the conversation between Ian and Jamie. But more specifically, the flashbacks that Ian has about Galus or who, who he knows as the Bakra. You know, and as crazy as the back half of season three mm-hmm. was, uh, especially the finale, which we all know it was, it was balls to the wall. Crazy. Crazy, right? And it really was. I like that they took the time mm-hmm. to look back on season three and... And say, wow, there's there's real repercussions here. Yes. Ian is not, you know, he, he, yeah, he's a young kid and whatever, but he has real trauma. And that conversation with Jamie about that trauma, and Jamie can relate to Ian about that trauma and say, mm-hmm. listen, you did what you had to do to survive. Yep. And that plays, I, at the beginning of this episode, including this part, plays a lot into what happens at the end of this episode on mm-hmm. a thematic level mm-hmm. in, in a huge way. Um, but what they did with Ian, and giving giving that situation real weight, I remember Diana in our interview with her was saying, uh, you know, they were going to not include this scene yes, at the graveyard. it was on the cutting. And, like, I, I can't even fathom that. I, right? I, I cannot even fathom them cutting this scene because you don't get any of anything of what happens no. at the end of this episode if you do not have this scene. Agreed. If you don't, it's you know, it's just another thing that happens.
0: Well, and it just adds such a different layer to Ian because other than this, we see him
1: as this jolly young boy who likes his dog. And he gets captured. Like that's that's what he has done this entire time. He got captured, he got into this thing with Galus, and then he has a dog. That's all we know about Ian, really.
0: But to have this brings so much more depth to him. Totally agree. And his relationship with Jamie.
1: Loved it. The bad. Uh, and it's funny because this is a bad and good at the same time. Ooh. Um, the show is making sure that you know that Jamie and Claire are like above the fray when it comes to slavery and how the Native Americans were treated. And like they want they, they absolutely want you to know that Jamie and Claire don't agree with slavery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do not agree with what happens to the Native Americans. Which is a good thing, because to be honest, I mean, let's not sugarcoat history, right? Like how Correct. we talked about with Ed Ayers on the North Carolina podcast. Uh, shameless plug. So let's not desensitize history like, you know, like the Patriot did or whatever. Like, bad stuff happened during this time. So this that is a good thing. The problem with what I think is happening in this episode, and I think Outlander in general, is that the writers... Are being so obvious about it that it's not organic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just like it's almost like a PSA. <laughs> That's what it felt like for the conversation. Like when Jamie's like, "Well, what happened to the people that were living here already?" Yeah, it's
0: like for people who didn't know that Native Americans were cast in this season. Right. It's Jamie's little way of being like, just so you guys know, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Like they're going to be Native Americans. We're going to be season. dealing
1: with this. And it just, it doesn't feel organic the way that the writers have written it. And I don't think it's their fault necessarily because no. it's a very sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. How do you tackle the slave trade in Jamaica? How do you tackle the slave trade in, th- in the colonies, right? How do you tackle all of that? Mm-hmm. Where do you even, where do you, where do you even go? How do you even come to approach the conversation of how people were treated like the Native carefully. Americans were treated? Very
0: carefully. And they did it very well. But, but you're just saying that it being there like we all sat there and be like we know you had to do this right it well, just
1: it just didn't feel organic to me and that was the that was the one bad part I could find about this whole episode but the great without a doubt without a fracking doubt tell me
0: tell me what what
1: is the end Ooh, oh my goodness what about gracious. It? you know we we have another podcast called This Is Us too. it's about the, the show This Is Us on NBC it's mm-hmm. actually currently going on right now shameless plug in This Is Us Two, I realized that there's a new song, there's a new there, there there is a new track that I have to play for anything I think is outstanding. It it, it is this. Outstanding let's see, Absolutely the gap band, Outstanding must come out <laughs> for this and for this ending. The direction was spectacular. Agreed. And I get why some people hate it. I do. And I also understand why some people love it like I do. But when no one can be about this ending is indifferent. Correct. There, there is absolutely no way you can be indifferent towards this ending. What, between watching Ed Spielers, who is Stephen Bonnet, solidify probably why he was chosen to be Stephen yep. Bonnet.
0: That was like his audition and I they know. Were like, mic drop. The, the sound dropping <laughs> out,
1: except for America the Beautiful, the song, the shock of your boy Leslie just is getting his throat cut He's right in front boy. of you. So nonchalantly, it just brought the whole episode together the themes of death and life and trauma and change and starting anew and all of that stuff the american dream as as claire and jamie so put it Mm -hmm. that even though there is a dream it may be some people's nightmare Uh. this is turning into a nightmare for jamie and claire (sighs) Even given their 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 gracious attitude towards Stephen Bonnet, the whole thing comes together yep. with a juxtaposition yep. of America the Beautiful, the most beautiful rendition ever sung of America <laughs> the Beautiful by Ray Charles. Agreed. It, uh, oh my God. Oh, it, it took my breath away. It, it, it uh, Even when we were watching it in New York, and especially watching it again in the comfort of my own home in my Star Wars pajamas, it took my breath away. No way okay so let's let's what, what i want to do is I, I i just want to talk about i want you to talk about it because i just i fanboyed all over the place over the ending and i may ha, i may be a little biased <laughs> just because i loved it so much what was your what was your read on the ending
0: well when i first watched it in new york i was very confused because obviously we saw our friends our beloved claire and jamie laying on the ground next to rallo and just everyone's sleeping and I heard a piano and I thought where's the piano on this boat (laughs) I didn't know that they could put pianos on these kind of boats it seems kind of weird it's very humid it's a very humid atmosphere in general in North Carolina but to also be on a boat that would not be that good for a piano wow this is a really interesting style of music um I don't think that jazz started this soon wait a second that's pretty much went through my mind while we were at the premiere watching it again outside of the premiere with knowing what the context was and what was going on, I really loved it. Because mm-hmm. I know that that's what happened for everybody else. As we sat there going, what's going on?
1: Right. What,
0: what is going on? And and I wonder, a fun question, if any of you listeners know this, I would love for you to let us know. I wonder at what point the writers and director and the whole creative team, uh, Matt and, and Tony, decided we're not going to have any of the audio. Be in this right. scene, like they shot it obviously with Bonnie yelling at Claire, oh. with with all the grunts. I mean, Claire, God bless her, her grunts whether it's sex or punched in the gut, they all sound the same. So they're probably like, <laughs> we've already heard a grunt a lot, you know with with their with their little rendezvous, their hum, rumpy pumpy. Um, what can we do that's different?
1: <laughs> I just I can't get over the rumpy pumpy. I know I had to bring it back just for Outlander.
0: They. <sighs> I want to know At what point They decided that Did they know From the very beginning That it was going to be music Did they know From the very beginning It was going to be America the Beautiful That is an interesting thing So if anyone has That information Please let us know Please share it with us OutlanderCast At gmail.com Because I loved it it was almost so shockingly different than what you were expecting it obviously wasn't even music that was played Mm -hmm. during Claire's time like this was so different took you so out of the element that you suddenly were saying I don't know is someone going to come up behind me it made you as a as a watcher sit on eggshells because it made you so uncomfortable you knew it was so out of place that you felt like you were just jarred out of sleep right and yet the music You know, it is, it's Jamie and Claire overlooking those beautiful fall trees, the landscape of, quote, North Carolina. Right. Saying, isn't this wonderful? Isn't this It's the irony of it all. It's the complete irony, but that's why I loved it. Watching it made me feel so out of place that I, too, were woken out of a beautiful dream about America to be ravaged by Stephen Bonnet.
1: Right. And it's, again, it, it points to the fact that. America wasn't just founded by beautiful people like Jamie and Claire. I mean, beautiful on the inside and on the outside, right? Like, they're they're, they're not just... It wasn't just founded on wholesome, great people, like how we try to think about it. Mm -hmm. There was some bad news stuff happening. Yes. And Stephen Bonnet is a great example of that bad news Mm -hmm. stuff. And Ed Spielers, I will admit, when I heard that Ed Spielers, your boy Jimmy from Downton Abbey, was cast as as Stephen Bonnet Mm -hmm. and and knowing and and at least uh, figuring out that Stephen Bonnet was probably going to be the main villain for this season I was a little doubtful. Agreed. I was a little uneasy about it because he's just such a pretty boy like he's just the blonde hair mm-hmm. and the square jaw and the whole thing and he, and he's like slight of build and, and i'm like how can this how can jimmy <laughs> seriously how can jimmy be yep. a formidable foe yep. for james fraser Yep, right but that scene it what what did it for me what absolutely did it for me is the moment where the with the where the audio drops the mm-hmm. music swells yep. and bonnet walks in and he cuts uh, Leslie's throat and then just casually, like, wipes the blade and looks at Claire. And he just, he remind he turned his, he cocked his head a little bit. Yep. Like how blackjack yep. would do.
0: And then he got his little finger later in her mouth like blackjack. Like, they were, like, little blackjack nods. And,
1: like, and and what even shocked me even more is that he has this moment when he screams at Claire, like... I don't know what he says. I feel like he said, give it to me. Yeah, maybe whatever it was, but just the way that like his eyes lit up and th- like this rage. It was like an
0: animal. He was calm, slitting the throat, and right. just Walking over. And then all of a sudden, it just
1: a beast. Boom, room, like right there. And, and, and even it, Claire's reaction and Katrina's acting as he yells at her. It's incredible. And then you have the, the masterful moment of him like calmly taking his hand putting it up against her mouth mm. and just sticking his finger in her mouth and she's like desperately trying to swallow these rings and mm. and hold it down and get it underneath her and it, oh my god i mean between him screaming at claire mm-hmm. claire's reaction swallowing the wing uh, uh you know taking the time to like i said like tilt his head look at claire with this like curious affection almost yep just invading her space like
0: invading her body i mean when he first looked at her you know claire had this look of he's going to rape me
2: oh what i mean like it
0: was it was i mean it was shocking that he didn't to me as a viewer even though i knew as reading the book that that doesn't happen like it was shocking to me because i looked at Katrina's portrayal in that moment said everything that we thought was going to happen on screen right and for him to still be able to invade her body mm-hmm. and to take this ring that she had just spoken about yep. had just said to Jamie this is all I need
1: right goodness uh, and in the direction was special in this and this portion of the episode because it was it was handheld. It was right in your face. And one of the things that struck me about this scene too was, yes, yeah, seeing Jamie get the get the crap kicked out of him. but it was the guy that had the gun and he was holding it right to Claire's head. Yep. But you were in Claire's perspective as the viewer. So mm-hmm. that gun was pointed directly at right at the camera and thereby us. Mm-hmm. It put you right into the fray with everybody. And, Having that feeling, having the America the Beautiful going on, get, seeing Claire's personal space get invaded yeah. in, in the most like terrible way. Yes, um, the direction was spectacular. It was unlike anything I think Outlander has ever done, um, and it, it, it's 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 a testament to bringing in new blood, like with the way they did with Julian Holmes to come in and capture this this moment. This is a seminal moment. This is one of those moments that like you just don't forget.
0: And, and it's you know it, it's so different for Claire I think that's what shook us a lot too is that we're so used to Claire fighting back we've seen her you know battle with with Blackjack and she's a strong woman and she's a smart woman but I think what we have to remember is that they were woken up out of sleep they were in this dreamy right. we are in this new world Claire's got her new new microscope everything's happy and jolly
1: and they got the medicine basket oh, and they were talking everything. about free and slaves, everything the whole thing.
0: They were on a completely different mental place. Right. And this would be like you being woken up while you're on vacation in the Caribbean. You just had some, some rumpy-pumpy some rumpy with your honey the night before. <laughs> you got a nice present okay just all the love Mm -hmm. and then you are woken up out of your dreams guns pointed at you you wouldn't know how to react you wouldn't be the i mean i'm so proud that claire even thought to put the rings in her mouth right that move when we were in the audience at new York. everybody gasped oh my gosh when she popped those rings in her mouth they were like (laughs) wow
1: and i hope that that's what you did at home as well uh and i like what happened here thematically because it again it brought it back mm-hmm. to what claire and jamie were saying in the middle of this episode like you know death is something that's so small that can happen to us it's it, it doesn't matter what happens nothing is ever gone it's just changed mm-hmm. right so when you relate that back to the beginning of the episode stephen bonnet takes this ring right it she t- he takes frank's gold ring the beginning of the episode opens with sorry say that again he takes Frank's gold ring. No. No?
0: No. Baby, he took Oh, Jamie's Oh, that's right. Ring. I'm
1: sorry. You're right. You're right. I, I, that was the, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm th- sorry.
0: You're thinking of what Claire caught in her hand.
1: Yes. yes. He takes Jamie's ring, yes. right? Which is still a ring no matter what. It doesn't matter. He takes- <laughs> It he, does he, matter. He takes Jamie's ring. It's a big ring. change. <laughs> it, is, it is a big change. Okay. I, from what you've told me, it's a, it, I guess it's a massive change from the book. Um, he takes the ring. And the show opens up on Native Americans, you know, putting rocks on to...
0: 2000 BC, man. Yeah,
1: which was a really cool opening. It reminded me of The Leftovers, season two and season three. It was phenomenal. But w- where are they? They're in a circle, a ring. Mm-hmm. And then that opens up on the noose, which is the way that it's formed within the context of the shot is a circle. Correct. It fades into the noose. And what does the noose represent? It represents death. It represents punishment. The circle of life. And Claire even kind of talks about the circle of life, mm-hmm. like how things are just, they're constantly moving. They're constantly Yo, going. Mufasa's boy. <laughs> so it highlights how even though we have the stability of Jamie and Claire, which is a bond that cannot be broken. And again, it rears that ugly head with Claire's ring that, that Jamie gave to her. Where we are still surrounded by change and death and mortality mm-hmm. and in a world that is unfamiliar to Jamie and Claire in yep. the in the in the Americas, right? It's totally unfamiliar. Which I think even works better considering the meta commentary on the show itself, in my opinion. I mean, we have totally changed our entire surroundings. We have changed the writers. We've even had this shift in the show running duties. We have a shift uh, with actors and the cast, the old Outlander as we knew it is gone. Mm-hmm. It is gone. And, and it's, it's not coming back. And even though we don't want to admit it, it's not. We in the show have to move forward. But even though we think it's gone, it's not just gone, gone. It's only changed. Just like how Jamie has said. And just like even though Stephen Bonnet has this ring... It's gone, but it's not that gone. It's just changed. Oh, my God. Just that whole thing. uh. So you and
0: I both enjoyed the ending, and we know that you either, as you said in the beginning, you love it or you hate the ending. So we would love for you to let us know your thoughts in the Outlander cast clan gathering about that music choice, about it, not allowing you to have the audio of the the cast during that part. But I enjoyed it. But speaking about music, did you want to go into the lyrics a little bit?
1: Oh, for America the Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Because you know, Ray Charles when he when he recorded the song, uh, recorded the the first part of the song with you know a uh, 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 what's what, what's it called a, a frame a frame no what's it called.
0: Sorry, what are you trying to say? Uh, refrain? A refrain? There okay. you go.
1: That, <laughs> or the, the segment of the song that nobody necessarily really knows. They know the back half of the song. They know the chorus. They know the chorus, but okay. the first half of the song, it's uh, he what said, are you trying
0: to say? I'm trying to figure out you know, what the you...
1: lyrics that that what? that he sings at the beginning of the song. Like aren't the introduction? The ones, yeah, aren't the ones that we necessarily okay. know off the top yeah, of our head? It says, "Oh, beautiful, for heroes proved in liberating strife." Who more than self our country loved in mercy more than life, America, America! May God, thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. Wow! All of these things are playing as that ending is happening, mm-hmm. right? And when you start twisting it in terms of Stephen Bonnet and what yes. he was doing at that very moment, the irony of it all Ooh. is 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 spectacular. Uh, it, I mean, it's.
0: I'm literally picturing it blew my Matt doors Roberts off. and Tony Graffia sitting around a table having like a veggie pizza. because <laughs> Isn't Matt vegan? I don't know. I think he is. Maybe I think that's he one is. Of the things he had told Matt, us. if you're
1: listening, send us an email.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like having some whiskey, being like, what if? What if? Oh my gosh, yes. And then the Ray Charles version, yes, yes. And they're like cheersing and everything.
1: Yeah. it's Listen, I'm all for bold choices. If they don't work, hey, you know what? We you shot. Try hey, shooter's going to shoot. Okay. Like that, that's how it works. And they made their shot and it, to me it, it another it, yeah, it was a while. Like, like a hard rain's gonna fall in season three. A massive success, mm-hmm. a massive success, and I still feel the same way. Did you Did you feel the same way about a hard rain's going to fall in comparison to America the Beautiful?
0: Sure, but I liked this one better, to be honest. I, I kind of. What liked I will it too. tell you is the the stone circle in the beginning. Another big choice that they made. Yes, I wasn't as big of a fan of. I kind of was like, I get it. The circles have been around forever. There's magic everywhere, and we need to know this. That there's yes. magic everywhere, and that there are stones everywhere. We get this. It's a
1: little on the nose.
0: It was. And I think because we are Leftovers watchers and because there were openings of seasons Absolutely. like this, I was like, what is going on? We've just seen this in a different show. Had I not had the Leftovers experience, I think I might have felt a little bit different about this opening. Right. But nonetheless, I enjoyed the music choice at the end as a big thing yep. versus the Stones in the beginning. Yep. So, um, But you know what I really enjoyed that was a, was a first was seeing Stephen Bonnet portrayed. Yep. I loved Ed. I did not think I was going to, so I'm going to jump on board with you that I'm on the Ed train. I am believing him as Stephen Bonnet. I am seeing these wonderful little things that he's not only brought into it, but as we've talked about, he's he's bringing in little bits of um, Blackjack Randall mm-hmm. just to remind us, like, this guy is bad news. This he, guy yeah. is bad news. Right. And I'm really happy about it. It did feel weird, however, that claire and jamie weren't killed
1: i know i think i liked that
0: it just felt weird because i was like there's all these people there why wouldn't they just shoot them
1: because you saw it in his in his look as he's departing the boat it's like this moment where he he looks at jamie and he considers how kind jamie and claire Mm -hmm. were to him and i feel like on on any other circumstance yeah those people are dead yes they're dead d-e-d dead <laughs> but not jamie and claire because they were so kind to him they gave him the opportunity to get away mm-hmm. um which which was another funny thing like that whole execution scene like everybody's running away and Stephen bonnet's just like <whistles> and then he like gets just to like, slip the other way he just like steps out and he's just gone um I, I really like that choice that he makes. Uh, do you believe his story about not fearing the noose and, you know, but, but drowning instead? Do you, do you feel like that was an actual moment of real honesty from him? Yes. I kind of think so, too. I kind of do.
0: It's easier to tell the truth than a lie.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Like, and all that charm, all the good looks, I think it's all legit. Like, it's all a legit thing from Stephen Bonnet. Like, he uses that. Yes. To his advantage.
0: He's brilliant. Right. And in his uh, conniving ways. But, correct. And, and,
1: th- and again, that's what makes another interesting antagonist. I asked Diana what makes an interesting antagonist to her. And she said, you know, a complete lack of moral compass. And I think that's a valid answer. Mm-hmm. But it's also these little layers, like Blackjack with his brother, mm-hmm. or when he's drawing Claire's face. Or the way he's interacting with uh the command from the Redcoats, or even this with Stephen Bonnet, how he makes the choice to not kill Jamie and Claire. Or how he seems to actually tell Claire the actual truth about himself. Like he makes these he makes these moral choices. I I I just I really appreciate what he I mean, he is the real deal. He he is he is. He's going to be. A he's good a bad villain. news guy. I agree. I and totally agree. I'm. I'm all in on Stephen Bonnet. I got, as I watched it again today before mm-hmm. we recorded, I I decided I'm all in on Stephen. Bonnet. You know what's
0: so interesting is that he's such a great juxtaposition to Jamie and Claire, who in this episode are nothing but good. You know, being a great friend to Hayes before his execution, paying the red coat, You know, paying the the officer actually, uh, to be able to go see Hayes and Mm -hmm. and smile at him even though it's hard to see your friend be hung. Finding a way to still bury Hayes even though it is difficult. Just being all in love with each other and having this joyful, optimistic time. Jamie's still finding somehow the way to find Claire the most perfect gift ever (laughs) with their limited resources and time. I just felt like it was such a great foil. to these joyful I mean we're talking about pregnancy we're having uh, getting a dog like everyone's just jolly aside from Hayes dying everyone's jolly and we've got a new start and it really was a great way to combat that
1: right well before we keep going with the show we just got to talk about our amazing sponsor we've entered into a a brand new partnership with Caswell Mass you are so proud of it and we're going to talk to you about it right now
0: So again, this episode of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Caswell Massey. Castle Massey is America's original beauty and fragrance company founded right here in Rhode Island in Newport, the city Ayo. by the sea, in 1752. So you know what, guys? They're around around this time period, my friends. That's right. <laughs> that's right. All of their products are proudly made in the U.S. They are all free of parabens, sulfates, and artificial additives, and they are never tested on animals. Never. Never,
2: never allowed <laughs>
0: Castle Massey has over 16 unique fragrances Offered in colognes and perfumes Soaps, lotions, and shave soaps
1: I love their stuff I, I was wearing number 6 today as a matter of fact Actually, we're going to be giving away number 6 later on in this episode Woo-hoo! But we, I use it all the time It smells so freaking good Yeah. And they're great for everyday use As a matter of fact, Mary even told me today She's like, what is that? What are you? What, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? I love that I love it, and you know what? You want to smell good? You got to go do this because <laughs> it made me feel damn good, It made me feel like. And you know, like, did you know that George Washington wore number six? Stop! He wore number six. Stop! President Kennedy wore number six. You smell like George Washington. Oh yeah. my gosh! Well, to me with wooden teeth. <laughs> to discover your unique
0: fragrance and experience 266 years of perfected craftsmanship visit caswellmassey.com get 20% off your order when you use the promo code OutlanderCast again that's C-A-S W-E-L-L M-A-S-S-E-Y.com. Promo code OutlanderCast or 20% off. And to keep up with all the products, additional promotions, upcoming partnerships, please, please, please follow them on social media. Just search at Castle Massey.
1: And tell them that Mary and Blake sent you, the, you know, especially the guy with the wooden teeth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm, I'm doing my best George impression. <laughs> there you go. So, what do you think about this whole notion about family and feeling like we're all back together again. I mean, this is before Leslie gets his throat cut. Yeah, and you know we we got we got marceline well, and after, but anyway. Oh, we,
0: but before Leslie. Okay, yeah. Yes, no, I'm understanding so we yes. got
1: we got we got Margus talking about being pregnant, and it just I loved that roundtable scene when everyone was like, "Wow, man, we're staying here. We're we're staying and in Ian the United And was States.
0: like, "I want to stay."
1: right and, and james is like you your mother will kill me your mother will kill you if you stay here you can't you, don't waste your life with bless us. his heart good Poor, try good little ian I like know. i'm i'm like john pudding. bell more. he's a little puddin. that's
0: what i'm gonna call him he's a little he's pudding. my little puddin.
1: <laughs> what do you think about this scene okay
0: Okay, can we can we talk about this scene for one moment? Because I need a discussion, and it needs our listeners' help.
1: Well, let me let me pour some more. Pour wine.
0: yourself a little more vino, okay. Because I honestly, after watching this episode in this particular scene multiple times, I still can't tell if Claire is supposed to be happy or upset that Marcelle's pregnant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why would
0: you be upset? I don't know. I'm just gonna say she's got a little judgy lady eye going on, and I don't know if I don't know if it's supposed to be joyful, and if Cat was a little tired while she was acting the
2: scene,
1: <laughs> or if
0: if Katrina's uh, if if Claire is supposed to be like, oh my gosh, you're right. having a baby, and we're in the colonies, we don't even have a home, like we don't even have any money, we just got these jewels. What the heck are we gonna do with these jewels? Oh my goodness! Right. Like I didn't know how to read it, or if it was like, yay i guess
1: all right
0: yay or if it was ah <laughs> i'm a mom too but right. my girl's away so i just didn't know if claire was having hashtag all the feels and we were supposed to see a perplexed look but i see a perplexed look and i would love to other people's insight because i've watched that scene a few times and i'm like i do not know how Claire did she feeling. give side
1: eye do you think she gave side eye
0: she gave fake smile
1: Oh, she
0: like would turn her head towards Jamie. Was like, "Well, oh, this is wonderful news." And I was like, "Oh, is this like my Ooh. mom's interesting?
1: <laughs> interesting,
0: mom? I got a new job doing X Y Z. Interesting. That's interesting. Like Mary. I didn't know if this was the Claire equivalent of interesting, guys. <laughs> I need to divulge.
1: <laughs> One thing I wanted to get clarified, and I wanted to do your opinion on it, which is why do you th- like? Uh, the, it, I didn't think it was incredibly clear why. Jamie and Claire are staying in the US.
0: That's where their boat landed and they have no money.
1: <laughs> no, but like they made, like he's talking about going back to Scotland. We're yes. gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go back and yada yada. Yes. But are they just staying because that's where their boat landed and they don't got any money? Oh no, when they were having that beautiful little conversation. Yeah, at the, in the bedside.
0: No, when they're looking and Jamie's like, what about all the Native Americans, honey? That's when she says, this is going to be an amazing place. People are gonna come from all over. And he says, you know our daughter ends up living here no no that that, here. that
1: that portion was in the bed was it was in the bedroom remember he's like oh you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna try to sell all this stuff mm. and we're gonna okay. get the money and we're hopefully we're gonna get enough money where so we can go back to scotland and continue our lives and she's like but, but this is after the british officer
0: claire's in the past has brought this idea up to jamie claire, this isn't the first time claire said i want to live in the u.s okay all right claire has brought this up before to him saying we get a nice fresh start Right. So what confused me, however, was how they suddenly have dinner with the governor.
1: Yeah. It was like they were having this dinner...
0: They're having it so that they could try to sell... Right,
1: the, 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 the ruby. Yes. The thing that Claire is wearing on her... The, the Showing all the made. bubbies. Yeah, all, every bubby that there ever was...
0: Was on display. Plus a ruby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> her bubbies
0: were proud. Yes. Jamie was proud of the bubbies. It
1: wasn't like France proud, but it was... It, was like,
0: it wasn't It was wedding proud, I'll tell you that. Oh, Wedding yes. proud bubbies Oof. were a whole new level. The
1: wedding bubbies were hurting. They were hurting bubbies. They hurt so much. <laughs> but
0: nonetheless, that whole dinner, I was, it was kind of like, okay, here we go. This is, it It has to happen. It has to just go along. We don't get to have a ton of exposition. Right. But through that, of course, Jamie is offered the land. Right.
1: And essentially he's offered the land because this officer wants Jamie's loyalty against the regulators and against any colonists that may rise up and i think jamie's inclined to take it because it's land he can create a life and he has the protection of the british government only for claire to come in and ruin it and say we would be on the losing side of history again so let's not oh my
0: gosh i love how claire's like sweetheart You have the worst luck in picking teams. (laughs) Like, if you played fantasy football, you You, would lose so much money. You would right now be (laughs) (laughs)
1: 0-8. You'd be at the bottom of your league. Like,
0: A for effort, Jamie. Right. But, no. Ain't gonna work.
1: Ain't gonna work. And I will admit, I was... When we were watching it in New York, I actually teared up quite a bit. Um... In this portion when Jamie is saying to Claire, you know, I could if I could just make this a good land for Bree, it, it, Like if I can do something to have my effect on this land, uh, I'm happy. Like, I want to do that. And it just I, I think as a dad and having a daughter in the whole thing and, and just wanting to. To provide a good life for my own daughter, it just affected me in a way that I did not anticipate I, like from the trailer, it just seemed like this cute little line that was meant for the trailer and it was cut that way. But the emotionality behind it for for jamie when he says wait this is this is going to be breeze country right like mm-hmm. th- this is this is going to be it." If I can just do, and this is him not thinking, I'm never gonna see her again, right? Like, I, oh, I'm never gonna see her at all. I'm never gonna meet my own daughter. But if I can just do this one thing, if I can make this a good land, yes, it can be special. What yes. did you think about that?
0: Oh, I teared up as well. I yeah. mean, that was such beautiful pride and love for his daughter, and something that he could possibly do. I loved it.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. What, um, the sex scene? What did you think? Beautiful. Yeah, it was. It was nice.
0: It was so awkward, guys. Just imagine yourself watching that with thousands of people.
1: Thousands of people you don't even know. Yeah. And like it's like watching with your parents. Yeah. A little bit. That's what it felt like. Like, am I into this? Like, I I'm into it, but are you into it? I, I should you should we be into it? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a little awkward. But it
0: was. awesome at our own home.
1: And, you know, um it provided a moment for you as a viewer to get back into the world of Jamie and Claire, Correct. to get back into that, that cosmic love, right? That, mm-hmm. that, that thing that they have. Uh, I just got done with Blake's book club uh, at outlanderclassclan.com and I just finished uh, the, the final chapter and the hot springs and Jamie and Claire and floating in the springs and them having sex for like a half a chapter and, you know, I, it, and, and they were birthed out of the womb of the earth, right? They came out of the uh, they came out of the, the the cave as as one single unit. And Claire announces to Jamie that she's pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that feeling of just having these two together. Who, by the way. Have been separated for 20 years or whatever it was, and now all of a sudden they're back together again, and they just still have this fiery, passionate, burning love that that can that can have this kind of sexual relationship. It was nice. It was nice to it see them connect lovely. again. It was lovely. You know, it was like very animal, like not anim- animalistic, but like like caveman esque, just like making love in front of a fire in the woods.
0: <laughs> Talking about thermodynamics. <laughs>
1: All the thermodynamics. Oh my
0: gosh, I just loved it. It was really, I mean, this is something that is so beautiful about Jamie and Claire, especially in the books, and I'm glad that we were able to have it here in this episode, is their sexual chemistry. It's a huge part of these two characters. A, who they are, but B, also how they connect with one another. Mm-hmm. So it was really important to um, christen the new world right. a little bit more.
1: Mm-hmm. I like <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. the christening. Anything else, my darling? You wanted to chat about? You know, I really liked this episode. I did too. I
0: just, I feel like they they did done good between the music, the the costuming. In case you didn't realize how different the costumes were, I mean, take another good look at them. The fact that they had to build that set out of nothing, the knowing that they had to create North Carolina out of Scotland. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so impressed. I'm, I'm so impressed. Listen, the, the CGI
1: is what it is. Was it a tad awkward? Yeah, I mean, but any any kind of green screen CGI, well, uh, well, green screen. The, anytime you have that, mm-hmm. y- you can tell the human eye with high definition televisions and all. The human eye is just too smart. Yeah, it's too smart for its own self. It's they can only give you a reasonable facsimile. Are they gonna find? Are they gonna be able to find some river in the middle of Scotland? Maybe, but maybe not. So let's have a green screen and let's let's do it and. Try it's, our best. It's, it's easy to discern, but if you look past that, if you if you just get over that hump, uh, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful thing, and being able to see and 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 even Claire <laughs> being like this man's a slave and he's just he's really not he's free and he's there on his own will, a uh, little awkward, but I was. I, I was quite impressed by this episode. It took its time. It got you back into the world. It got you back into the characters. Into the
0: relationships. Right, It really solidified those relationships. Right.
1: All right. Well, are you ready for the OutlanderCast thought of the week, uh, staff thought of the week?
0: Yes. All right,
1: let's do it. This one comes from Ashley Crawley, the editor-in-chief of (laughs) OutlanderCast.com.
2: J-H-R-C, Outlander is back, in a big way. And thank goodness, because while Droughtlander might have reached 11 months on the calendar, it felt like 127 in dog years. Scottish pub dog years, that is. But I digress. Was it a perfect episode? I have no idea. I'm not a professional TV critic. I only know what I know, and that's largely based on what I feel and how the episode made me feel. So did I love it? I I did, I did indeed. One hundred percent. Here's what it boils down to for me. I've dearly missed our old pals, the Frasers, and it's refreshing to finally be on a new adventure with them. Did it have flaws? I'm sure. But who among us can can't recount the story of a fun time with great friends without pointing to at least one kink in the night? You know, the bad sushi you paid the price for, That super creepy waiter who has now sent you a friend request on Facebook. Or that drunk friend who puked on your shoes. Your open-toed shoes. And yet, when asked, we always tell the story of these crazy nights in their entirety because the few kinks help bring it to life, but they also don't define it. They're just a sum of the great whole that creates a lasting memory. Does Katrina Balfe's talent continue to blow me away? It definitely does. Is Ed Spieler's portrayal of Stephen Bonnet going to haunt my dreams on the regular? Most certainly. Was I completely digging on the bluegrass vibes coming from that reimagined opener? Oh, heck yes. Did I approve of the double entendre use of Ray Charles' America the Beautiful to drive home that ending? I did, unequivocally. Was the CGI cruise down the river hokey? Possibly. Did I need Cro-Magnon druids to hammer home the circle of life? Possibly not. Is Sam Hewen's wig distracting? Well, not if he's shirtless. The point is, I'll take the good. I'll take the bad. I'll take them both, and there I'll have. Brand new Outlander. Because new Outlander is better than no Outlander, and I didn't patiently, not so patiently, wait 11 months for it to come back on, just so I could pick it apart, piece by piece. I came excitedly to visit old friends and see what new shenanigans they'll work themselves into and out of on this side of the Atlantic, knowing that all along the way, in the next three plus months, I'll smile, laugh, cry probably roll my eyes, definitely question, and still ultimately and hopefully fall in love all over again with the world of Outlander. And what a gift to have a TV show that does all that to you. And that's the beauty of this first episode, when you're left to relish in the newness of it all and how your favorite show is still, in my opinion, in its prime, and you've been granted more time with these characters you love so much. So before you beg to take your leave of me, I'll just go ahead and climb down off my effervescent feel-good soapbox. But Denafash, I won't go far. If you need me, I'll be in my season four newlywed slash honeymoon bliss bubble. For now, at least.
1: Thank you, Ashley, very Thank much.
0: Thank you, Ashley. Ashley, of course, is our editor in chief of Outlander Cast blog.
1: At outlandercast.com. Yes.
0: Oh, my gosh. If you guys haven't been reading the blog posts, you out. Oh, you've been catch missing up. out. Absolutely
1: up. missing out. Some great stuff. In fact, Ashley's minute by minute recap is a must read. Please go to outlandercast.com and check it out there. But now, my darling, it is time for the, you know, I, I, I dare say world famous. Outlandish Theory of the Week. World famous. Really? I I dare say. I would even say universally beloved Nobel Peace Prize award winning (laughs) Outlandish (laughs) Theory of the Week. Are you ready
0: for it? Yes, I am. Before we do, we wanted to let you know that this Outlandish Theory of the Week is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. If you want to know more, just search the hashtag Minute with Mary on Facebook.
1: Okay, so from the trailer, we can pretty much easily tell that Brie is going back in time. She's going to the stones. She's going to touch the stones. And I gather that the big deal is that she's going back in time. Would I be fairly reasonable in a, in uh, in deriving that from the trailer, my darling?
0: I'm Interesting.
1: Okay. That in mind, I don't think that it's a coincidence that Stephen Bonnet takes Jamie's ring. Not Frank's, Jamie's ring. <laughs> I made that mistake earlier. I'm not going to do it again. I don't think it's a coincidence that he takes Jamie's ring. And I say that because if what I posit that Bree is going back in time, I pretty much guarantee you, that Brie is going to somehow, way run into Stephen Bonnet. And she's going to know that there's going to be an issue because she is going to see Jamie's ring. Mm. And she knows that ring because she has spent 20 years with her mother with two wedding rings, yeah. one on each hand. Yeah. And that Jamie's ring is pretty, pretty distinct. distinct. It's a pretty distinct thing. I mean, more than likely, she's going to see it. And I guarantee that Brie runs to Stephen Bonnet when she somehow comes back. And I don't know what kind of trouble she gets herself into, but I'm guaranteeing that she sees it and she gets into a little bit of trouble. Interesting. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. Final thoughts, my darling. I am
0: Thrilled that we're going to be going all throughout November. In case any of you are nervous about Atlander mm-hmm. being off Thanksgiving weekend, it's going to be going on. So I am just thrilled that we are going straight through November. We still don't know fully if we're going straight through into December, right? But I'm on this train.
1: I, I am. Well, you know what? Hold on. I'm on the train too. I'm. I'm all about season four so far. My question for a final thought, and I want to ask you, is knowing. That Ron Moore has taken somewhat of a step back from the day-to-day operations of Outlander. And that, again, it was reported by Lynette Rice, a legitimate reporter, that Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia are essentially taking the the day-to-day showrunner duties. They are running the writer's room. Does it make you nervous? No. Not at all? No. How come? Why do you fi- why do you have such confidence?
0: Because we have Matt Roberts to thank for Outlander on stars.
1: Oh, okay. I get you. I get you cuz he's the one who helped convince Ron to, to to bring Outlander to life.
0: I have faith in Matt. I know that we need to trust in Ron. Yeah, I uh, I have faith in Matt. I have faith in him and I have faith in Tony and they love this series. And I know that Terry loves this series, and I know that Ron loves this series, but Matt loves this Super series. Super loves. Yeah.
1: You know, Jamie would call it Faith, Claire would just call it Thermodynamics. <laughs> 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 I, I will admit, I, I am a tad nervous only because I came into this series loving Ron more. Okay. And that's why I, I was like, yes, Outlander, Battlestar Galactica, like I I am, you know. So say we all. Like you, you cannot get better than Battlestar Galactica. So to go from hashtag trust Ron to hashtag trust Matt, I, it, it's going to take a little thermodina- thermodynamics for myself. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but I do want to talk to you guys about the giveaways. We're going to actually be doing two Giveaways per week for you.
0: That's right.
1: Two giveaways per week, maybe even more. But we have at least two giveaways per week from Caswell Massey, and this week we are going to give away the Supernatural Number Six fragrance, the the full, the full bottle, which is uh, three full ounces, eighty-eight milliliters. If that's if that's what you're concerned with, if you're fancy. Uh, The stuff worn potentially by George Washington. I'm just saying we know it was worn by President Kennedy. First
0: formulated in 1772.
1: And we know most importantly it's worn by me. Okay, because I love it and Mary (laughs) loves it. It was America's first fragrance, first formulated in 1772. Just like Mary said, it is complex. It's citrusy. It's and it contains neroli and musk and civet and rose and amber. And it just—it's lovely. It, it just, really I feel like is that's lovely. what Jamie would smell like too. Like if he—I feel mm. like if he just walked around, it'd be number six. Nice. Um, and again, it was worn by George Washington at his inauguration as Stop. president of the United States. I'm just throwing that out there. That's amazing. So we are giving, it's a $220, $225 value. $225 value. And we're giving it to the members at the OutlanderCastClan.com. All right, now for all the other listeners, we're also doing another thing too. For all the listeners, just go to OutlanderCastGiveaway.com. Yeah. And you go to, you can get the centuries Sandalwood, fragrance, which is 1.7 ounces. This also, too... I know Mary is a huge fan of the sandalwood.
0: Oh, I love sandalwood. I don't know what it is about. It's just very comforting. (laughs) So, I love (laughs) sandalwood.
1: It's it's just... It's just this beautiful. It's a great blend. like
0: everyday fragrance. You right. can you can use it throughout the day. Uh, it just really wears differently on different people too. So it, men like, and women. Yes, this is a great scent for men, women. Um, I love sandalwood. So I know that it sounds masculine, but ladies, if you're someone like me that likes to have a little bit more of like an earthy. You know, woody smell. Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic one. And like
1: it, and it works with your body's chemistry. Yeah, you just enough. put it right on your so skin. So, like everybody, it smells differently on everybody. It's true. So we are giving this away at outlandercastgiveaway.com and then we are giving away and this was a $75 value. So all the listeners can go to outlandercastgiveaway.com and all the members at Outlander class can, outlandercastclan.com will get the number 6 giveaway. So I'm just super excited about it. Think about it and uh, consider becoming a member of the Outlander Cast Clan. So are you ready to close this bad boy out? This, yeah. uh, again, this Nobel Peace Prize award-winning podcast episode. You bet, my love. Of, of Outlander. All right, let's do it.
2: Oh, beautiful. Heroes proved.
0: Well, we first want to thank those members of the OutlanderCastClan.com, our patrons who are at... A very generous level. All of our patrons we want to thank, but especially Carolyn, Celine, Heather, Jennifer, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, as well as our co producers Barbara, Carolyn, Dana, Keelan, Lisa, Liz, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, Tracy, and last but not least, the executive producer levels Anne, Bobby, Jen, Peg, Sarah, and Shannon. Thank, thank you guys thank so you guys. much and thank you for all of you who have chosen to become patrons of Outlander Cast. You honestly make this show and the website possible.
1: So if you want the giveaways, the special giveaways, you want the free swag, you want the special after-doc episodes, actually we're going to be recording right after this. Uh, it's brand new for this season. Go to outlandercastclan.com and my darling, where can people follow us?
0: You can follow us, of course, on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, all over the place. YouTube, just search Outlander <laughs> Cast. especially if you just put it as that one word. Um, and another great thing that you can do is head on over just to the website. OutlanderCast.com. Read the most recent blog post. We're going to be pumping out new blog posts every single week and using that minute-by-minute minute recap with our amazing uh-huh. Ashley Crowley, who you got to hear earlier in this episode.
1: And we're also going to be doing listener feedback episodes once again this this Woo-hoo. season. Those will be coming out on either Thursday or Friday uh, of each week. And you can talk to us through the OutlanderCast Clan Gathering on Facebook, or you can Twitter us. You can Instagram us. You can Facebook us. You can L- you DM. Can DM. D- slide in my DMs. We're
0: all over the place. I'm
1: all about the sliding into the DM life. Or you can email us at almanacast at gmail dot-
0: So if you've enjoyed this episode and you want other Outlander friends to know about it, please take a moment just to tell them about it. You can share the podcast by taking a screenshot and sharing that in your Instagram or Facebook stories. We also want to thank those of you who've taken the time to write a written review inside your podcast app. Ray loves Max of the Outlander cast I've been looking for. Mary and Blake have become my favorite podcasters. Mm. Their energy is terrific. I love Mary's passion for the books and Jamie Fraser (laughs) and Blake's non-book reading opinion. The show is so well done with their theme music, listener feedback, and their recaps, which I live for. It's like rewatching the episode a second time or a tenth, in my case. Keep Hi-yo. it up, you two! Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone else who's taken the time to write these reviews. We honestly do it for you guys. Without you, there would be no Outlander Cast. That's right. So thank you all, and until next time, ladies and gents, I'm Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and you've been listening to Outlander Cast. I'm <laughs>